with the Spurs foul. See, Miami going for the three right away. Just attack the basket. James catches, puts up the three. Won't go. Rebound, box. Back out to Allen. His three-pointer. Bang! Ultimate Super Coach and Fantasy Sports Show. You are now listening to the Insight Fantasy Sports Podcast. Boom shakalaka! What's good, everyone? I am Matty G, also known as at NBA G Wiz from the Insight Podcast Network. This is an Insight NBA show. And this is a special one. We're looking at second-year studs in the episode. But before we go any further, make sure you give us a subscription. The good old subscribe button, bing, 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 all the bells, because on YouTube, we are going to give away an NBA jersey, your favorite team, your name, your number on the back. When we get to 1K subscribers, make sure you also do the, the good thing, the good moral thing to do, which is like us, subscribe, get the alerts, and rate us five stars on wherever you get your podcast from. As I said, second year. This is my second year tier list because I like a little bit of alliteration. I see second year players this year in the NBA with kind of three very significant gaps between them. The NBA is shaping up with a whole lot of talent and that young talent is ripe for the picking for your fantasy teams. So I'm going to break this into three sections for you. The first one are your foundationals. So these are guys you can get generally from anywhere outside round three. There is no player that is generally coming in the second year inside the third round, apart from one, Walker Kessler at the tail end, and we'll talk about him. So I'm going to talk about these as the foundational players. Then I'm going to talk about the good grabs list. So these are players that can go anywhere from that third round, the end of that, all the way up to the pick 100s. Then after that, you're kind of looking at probably some really good flyers or some guys in that late zone there because there's a guys who are just falling outside that top 100 list. So to start off with our foundational players, I want to talk about Walker Kessler as I tipped him off first. Now, Walker Kessler is being drafted all over the place. If you're doing a mock draft right now and you're trying to grab Walker Kessler, you could be finding him go everywhere. Currently, he is 100 on ESPN, 42 on Yahoo, and 49 on Fantrax. Last year, he finished with the 67th value and the 63rd value in the last 30 days. This is a guy that is ramped up in ADP from where he finished last year. Now, obviously, his most impressive attributes are blocks and field goal percentage with the Utah Jazz. He pretty much has solidified that starting role. I like to call Walker Rudy Gobert 2.0. It's the same game in a same jersey with a different number. And a di- I mean, look, he's a different human. He's obviously got more charisma and I think a nicer guy than Rudy Gobert, but it is Walker Kessler doing the same job that has been done in the Utah Jazz for many, many years. The Jazz fell into this guy in the 22-23 season. They rolled him out and he was an excellent compliment for their rebuilding team. That rebuilding does continue. He does have John Collins in town this year. Now, of course, John Collins can take away some stretches and at times operate as a stretch five if they wish to go that route. But Walker Kessler is an absolute bankable commodity if you are punting free throw percentage. Now, if you use our sponsor Fantasy Scores and make sure you use the promo code INSIGHT to get five US dollars currently off your subscription to Fantasy Scores that integrates into your Yahoo League, all of the blah, blah, blahs, but it integrates into your Yahoo League. 
Yahoo. Yahoo. How many different times can I say Yahoo? It integrates into your Yahoo League and you can get absolute excellent information from this. You can get the Z scores to project guys and see where they fall, especially in your punt builds for your draft and throughout the course of your NBA season. It is worth the subscription. It's only $30 without promo code. Use Insight to get onto that one. But I make that point because Walker Kessler is absolutely increased in value the second you punt free throw percentage. Like this is a guy who well and truly goes inside the top 25 of NBA players. Now, currently, as I said, he is at those rankings outside, but this is why he's a foundational piece. Because if you are building the foundation of a team that is punting free throw percentage, Walker Kessler is absolutely a guy that you want to get inside your team. Now, he's obviously being propelled into the whole Team USA. He didn't see a lot of minutes in the international competition. The international basketball competition in FIBA is pretty much a switchable, switchable, switchable basketball system. And that's not exactly Walker Kessler's field. Like he worked as a backup there to Jaron Jackson Jr., who was much better at switching him on mobile. It's not that he can't do it, but it's not his strong forte. But Walker Kessler is the first second-year stud that – my spoiler alert is this. I'm warning you, do not draft Walker Kessler early if you are not punting free throw percentage because he will have some cripple, he will have some crippling, debilitating impact on that for you. He could get more volume this year. And if he does take more free throws and the hacker walk comes into play, not probably to the volume that we're expecting, but it still will diminish that a little bit in your team. So be careful when drafting Walker Kessler because he does fit a certain punt build type very, very well. A second guy, rookie of the year, as my mate Mick Dell from the Inside Podcast now is going, Paul, Paul Banquero. Yeah, no, it's Paolo Banquero. And he currently has an ADP of 72 on ESPN, 59 on Yahoo, and 61 on Fantrax. Now, last year, he finished the year as the 168th-ranked player as a rookie, 144 down the last month. He showed absolute flashes and promise. Obviously, was part of that Team USA side as well. And he is an incredible young basketball player. His field goal percentage does happen, and he did play through injury last year. But his backup center minutes to Jaron Jackson Jr. again, like Walker Kessler, did show his switchability. He was absolutely mean. And he was starting to play a more of an impactful defensive role. Now, if Paolo Banquero's defense can improve to couple his efficiency, this is suiting where his ADP is currently falling in drafts. But you need to bear in mind where he did finish last season. And that was just at the tail end of 12-team value at the end of the day. But currently, as you can see, his lowest ADP is on Yahoo of 60. Will Paolo Banquero return top 60 value this season? There is all likelihood that he can. Maybe top 45, 50 value? But you're almost drafting at a ceiling then and eliminating any value out of drafting Paolo Banquero there. But again, if this is a guy who falls to like in that 75, because again, in the ESPN, if he's 72 currently, he's going later and he's going earlier. So if he comes to you in your draft and he's sitting there at pick 80 randomly, Paolo Bencaro is an absolute flyer to take on. He's going to improve his defense. He is the focal point of the Orlando Magic. He shows out he can hit his free throws at a respectable clip. He defends well, so he does get you those peripheral stats. He does show flashes of playmaking as well. I think he's going to be worth considering drafting a little bit higher. But again, if he falls like inside that 70 bracket, yeah, you're going to be tempted to take that, especially when you can see down in like Yahoo and Fantrax, he's going around earlier. So if he then goes around later, 
That's where you swoop in and you take that value and you consider that into your team very heavily. He is an absolute stud of a basketball player and he will be one of the leading faces of the NBA in the years to come. One guy who was one of my favorite steals in NBA draft season last year, and I was high on him and I knew I probably shouldn't have taken him where I took him. I took him in the pick of 90s last year because he was still on my board. I took Jalen Williams. I love Jalen Williams. You can put it on a t-shirt. I might actually just make a t-shirt saying, I love Jalen Williams and his big smiley face there because I love the guy. I think he is everything good in the realm of basketball. He fits that OKC lineup and that whole movement there with you so incredibly well. I'm a massive fan of him. I was beaten up on YouTube because I said, don't draft him too early. Some guy, I, I've literally got to look back at it. You could go to our OKC season preview where I said, just don't invest too early because my big thing is everyone was going to be super high on him because of his breakout at the end of last season. And they were going to overdraft him. They were going to draft him at his ceiling if you were drafting him at the 30s and the 40s. And I had a guy come back to me and say, look, he's a top 20 player. He's a top like 25 player. And look, yeah, he's a really good player of basketball. But I just don't see it this year. I see him returning similar value in a, in a system that now has to integrate Chet Holgren. Josh Kitty is going to get better. Shea is, is the first round lock in OKC. He is an incredible basketball player as well. Again, this is like a league pass must for me this season. I am watching him. Over the course of the year, he was playing 30 minutes down the stretch. Over the season, 14 points a game, 4.5 rebounds, 3.5, 3.3 assists, 1.4 steals, getting blocks. He was doing at a 520 field goal percentage and 810 from the line. All of that looks sexy. Like that's two stocks basically a game. He's getting you points. He's getting you threes. He has an outstanding ability to space the floor this season. And currently his draft picks in ADPs are as follows. 74 on ESPN, 59 on Yahoo, and 61 on Fantrax. So you can see that if you're an ESPN league and his name may slip down that board, that could return possibly some more value for you if you're drafting on ESPN with his name not being up at the top of that board. Because again, ADP and ranking is where these guys are going to pop up and bring them to mind a little bit sooner rather than later. Now, obviously, if you're a smart manager and you're putting guys in your queue and you're looking through and you're keeping scrolling up and down, you're going to be keeping your eyes on this one. But again, when you're keeping your eyes on certain guys, certain guys can fall. So this is where Jalen Williams around that marker is going to – I don't see him exceeding too much outside top 60 value. Top 55, again, potentially. He was 74 in the season, and down the last month, in all the opportunities that he had, he was the 46th-ranked player. Maybe that pulls back a little bit in his 50-55. But again, this is a foundational piece, as I said earlier – in the middle rounds of your draft that you definitely want to get a stud like this in your team. He doesn't hurt you everywhere, anywhere at all. He contributes everywhere. We could see some more spacing from him and his three-pointers come up. If his defense sticks around, he might get less rebounds or less blocks potentially with Chet being in town. So that's my consideration and concern as well. It's like, does he have to play that kind of role with such a incredible like rim-protecting threat there as Chet? Maybe not to the same that we saw last year in 22-23 for Jalen Williams. Again, doesn't make J-Dub 
any less of an incredible basketball player, but it can hurt the numbers that he puts down on the page that translates to your fantasy game. So that's where I'm very conscious of what he can do. While he's certainly a rising star, the question is for me that he is absolutely needing to up his three points, mate, and stick with those defensive stats. If they can stay those defensive stats, which really buoy his value, if the field goal percentage there can stay and boy, he was shooting threes at like a 45% clip at a point. Like I don't expect that to be able to stick around. Like that is almost league best shooter, Jalen Williams. Like you could fuck Luke Kennard off out of your team basically and be like, oh no, if you're, if you've got three point percentage, this is a guy you definitely want. If you're in one of those leagues, like shout out to the, uh, the ball league and Carl and all the guys in ball with three point percentage is a thing. He's very valuable. But again, this is talking Luke Kennard numbers. I don't expect it to stick around. You can say 40% from three is a really good clip. If he's around that again, yeah, he's great. Again, foundational piece, Jalen Williams. And if you can pick him up in your drafts from 0.60 on, that's value. You, you basically are taking him where he is going to operate, but it's a, a very sexy and appealing foundational piece there. You're not getting a lot of upside out of it, but you're getting someone who can perform and put stats in your team right across the board. My next guy here is a bit of a personal one. Again, I decided to go for the first time ever in my own personal league last year. Uh, Shout out to Ballers League uh, on Yahoo. I decided to take a guy by the name of Jabari Smith Jr. And I can tell you again, I am absolutely again this year because if Jabari Smith Jr., does the exact same Jabari Smith Jr. things as last season, he's going to finish whereabouts he finished last season. Now, he was 158 on the year, and he was the 101st ranked player in the last 30 days. Currently, his ADP is starting to just exceed that slightly. So again, when I talk about these guys as those were the foundational players, this is my the next wave. So after you get the foundations off the board, there is a substantial gap in your draft, and these are my guys in the next wave. My next wave is Jabari Smith Jr., Jalen Duran, Shaden Sharp, Mark Williams, Keegan Murray. Because these are the guys right now who are all falling in that next wave. So a couple of value rounds go off and a couple of values sneak around in your draft and you start to look for guys. And this is where you can get in that next wave, probably from round seven, eight, you might start to pay a bit more attention to them. But definitely with Jabari Smith Jr., it's an interesting thing. It's a new operating system in Houston this season. Emi Odoka has stepped in, and we all know that MA is not exactly impressed with Alper and Shangun. There's They were openly shopping for a center. They didn't get Brooke Lopez. They've got Jock Landale, Aussie legend, like boomer, future boomer great Jock Landale as the backup center option. But there is every chance with the team that they've got that they can definitely roll a small ball lineup with Jabari Smith Jr. at the five. And that is sexy AF for fantasy. Like Jabari Smith Jr. playing the full-time center minutes for a stretch of time. Not the full-time because we're not just going to disregard Alper and Shengun because he is still a very valuable commodity in fantasy basketball. But if Jabari Smith Jr. gets any substantial role as a starting center or a a lineup, like a death lineup, like a Golden State Warriors death lineup where they roll out a small lineup and Jabari is playing the five for an extended period of time, this is going to absolutely buoy his fantasy value and shoot him up the ranks of his final standings for the season. Now, he was as well 
we don't have to, it's almost, I feel like the Detroit Pistons, like we just got to get a lot of lottery picks in my team. Like I'm just going to get James Wiseman. It's going to get Marvin Bagley the third in. Well, I feel the same way about Jabari Smith Jr. He is a lottery pick and he was almost touted as the number one pick in last year's draft for a reason. The guy is very good at the game of basketball. And I think in a new system with focus and intent, you want to do the personal thing here and look at the Houston Rockets and what they're going to put on the table. But I like to call them the redeemed team of this year in the NBA. MA has a point to prove. Fred Van Vliet is going to have a point to prove getting that bag. Jabari Smith Jr. is going to come out. I don't think Jalen Green is going to have a little bit of mm, going on, a bit of dog in him this season. So the Houston Rockets, you can really get some value in your fantasy season. Jabari Smith Jr. finished 158th on the year, 101st down the, down the track. Now, he was a disappointment. He averaged 12.8 points a game and shot around 40% from the field. But in his last 20, he upped that efficiency to 47%, which was very, very good. He's long, he's athletic. He profiles very similar to almost a Kevin Durant type, these long, rangy kind of guys. And let's just come out and say that although you can't put a lot of stock and trade on Summer League, yeah, he showed out in Summer League. He, he wanted to put people on notice that he was ready for the season. And with the time that he was given, he went out there and showed it. Again, you could roll out there a lineup with Fred Van Vliet, Jalen Green, Cam Whitmore, Tyra Eason, and Jabari Smith Jr. And that could be a young, small ball, fast-paced lineup. Like I would love to see the analytics when that rolls out there on what that's doing, but that is an incredibly quick lineup. So again, you can see him currently going on ESPN at 126, 91, and 90, 91 on Yahoo and 90 on Fantrax. So this is a guy who at the end of the season returned in the last 30 days, the 101st value. You're drafting him around the same kind of round, around the same kind of place that he provided in that month. He takes that leaps forward. He's a top 75 player in fantasy this season. So you want to keep your eyes in this next wave on guys like Jabari Smith Jr. Again, you're not going to be getting an extended return on the next wave. This is not where you draft 100 and then they return the 30th value on the year. That's that's really unlikely. Statistically, that's really uncommon for someone to do that. Like we're, we're talking about an incredibly massive leap up the board, but we can expect 20, 30 rent like places of value by the end of the season for some of these guys, potentially like it's not always going to be the case, but Jabari Smith Jr. Does make a very good case for an improved performance this year. And with an improved performance efficiency and defensive stats and a long run in that middle, he's going to bring you back some value at the end of the day. I also think he has a bit of a, a bit of a point to prove uh, there because he's also got his uh, fellow sophomore Tara Eason, who's another, he's like a, Keep your eye on him because if he can get a starting role or more minutes in Houston this season, he's coming through. Another kind of big man, but a pure big man, Jalen Duran. Now, currently he is being drafted in leagues in mocks at 136 in ESPN, 104 on Yahoo, and 99 just inside the top 100 on Fantrax. Last year, he was 137th on the year and he moved himself in over the last month to the 124th value. Now, he averaged nine points, nine rebounds, 0.7 steals, and 0.9 blocks, 65% from the field goal. Now, if you, this is, again, I would like to argue that if you can get Jalen Duran and Walker Kessler to complement a Giannis build for a punt free throws, you're going to be getting a lot of rebounds in your team 
Free throws, you could probably kiss them goodnight, especially with the volume that Giannis plays. But this is a guy you want to look for in your drafts just outside the top 100, currently with where he's being drafted in some leagues. Like Jalen Duran in a pick and roll combination with Cade Cunningham this year, is it's, it's a really lethal combination. And all intel from the Team USA camps was that these two guys have figured it out and they'll put it in work again. Like he came out of the Memphis Tigers with a, with a, with a big reputation for being a defensive player and being able to get block shocks. And that didn't permeate in the NBA last season. He came out of Memphis as a, as a rim protector and it didn't show itself in the NBA. It didn't translate to that game. And that's, you know, in college, it's a lot easier to block shots. We can't ex- expect guys blocking shots in college with guys who don't go on to play in the NBA to be doing that against NBA level competition. But what we can see is that he does know how to protect the rim and get those block shots. And that comes with development as well. And again, just like Jabari Smith Jr., there's a new man in town by the name of Monty Williams, who has shown a very supportive nature of big men in the past. He's coached them. Look at what he did with DeAndre Ayton. He actually put DeAndre Ayton in there and produced some reasonable numbers at times. God knows they were a little bit awful the last couple, but when he was a motivated player, he was actually doing his best defensive job at the rim. So if he can bring a little bit of defensive motivation into this team and instill that into Jalen Duran, this is a guy who could really bore you. He does hurt you by way of field goal percentage, sorry, free throw percentage again. But again, if he has improved minutes over the 28 minutes a game that he had last season, up to 34 minutes a game, Jalen Duran is going to be excel the ADP of where he currently is on some of these leagues, especially more than 136. He finished at 124. You could possibly see an inside top 100 return on Jalen Duran in this next wave of guy. I think my next one is one of the most exciting picks in the next wave of player. It is Shaden Sharp. He's an incredibly exciting basketball player. And the Portland Trailblazers are going to move through holiday. Like that's the report that he's not long for there. Now, when that happens, as of recording this podcast, which is, should check the date on this one. Uh, I, this is the 20, it is the 29th of September. True hasn't been moved yet. He has a list of six teams that has come out today, but one of them includes the Lakers who can't really trade for him until December with the way that the contracts work out. So he could start the season there and then be made available in December. So Shaden until then could be handcuffed a little bit minutes wise because there's still an impact on that roster. If they roll two guard lineups, he might get some small forward minutes. He's a shooting guard. It should be Scoot and Shaden. It's not going to be that as of today. But Shaden will get that opportunity. Over the last 10 games of last season, and I know it was pure burner time, 23 points a game, six rebounds, four assists, a steal, and three threes a game in 36 minutes. Now, yeah, it was garbage end of the season, but this is an elite scorer. Like, I mean, like, this is a, this is a guy who absolutely loves to go on a bit of a burner. He's not as necessarily like this big heat check guy and just throws up like there's never a shot that he didn't like kind of shade and sharp. He's just definitely a pure scorer. Like he's got an edge to his game that's very exciting. He's incredibly athletic. And with Anthony, if Anthony Simons on the team, they have this triple threat of young guards that is could absolutely scorch a lot of teams. But that's great because if you can get this amount of points, and threes with peripheral stats. So this is where like a guy like Jordan Poole, who everyone's taken in the top 50 is awesome. He could be the league leader in scoring. Like where do you get points later on in your draft? Because currently, Shaden Sharp is 133 on ESPN 
107 on Yahoo, 118 on Fantrax. Now, last year, he was the 272nd player overall, but in this burner, he was 109. And in the last season, this is a guy who can absolutely just put people like and, and scores like just stats, 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 stats. I went up against him last season, and I was scrambling for points in my fantasy league because of what Shade and Sharp was putting up there. Like three points a game on a four-game week, three threes a game in a four-game week, that's going to bore you. Like that's, that's someone that if you ever see on your waiver wire and you need points and threes, you pick up, especially with the peripherals. But the six rebounds was really nice. The four assists was really nice. And you can use those. His efficiency is surely down and his free throw percentage, that was very good. So he is someone who you definitely want to be looking in this next wave of guys. The other guy is probably a more solid candidate because he does have a pure starting role from the rip. And that's Mark Williams. Now, Mark Williams is a very interesting case in fantasy this season. Currently, and he's moving up in all formats. The green arrow, if you look at RotoWire and where everyone is going across the board, he is going up. Currently on ESPN, he is 135. He is 123 on Yahoo. And maybe Fantrax knows something that we don't. Or maybe they know what you're about to find out from me, that he's a top 100 player. Because in Fantrax, Mark Williams is going with the 90th pick as an average in drafts. Now, he was 142nd on the year overall last year and 111th in the last 30 days of the 22-23 season, playing through injury and just some, do we call it skullduggery or just sheer fuckery of Clifford over in the Charlotte Hornets? We didn't know what was going on. He was injured. It was a thumb. It was a pinky, whatever. There was a minute share going on. Now, this is an interesting thing. Miles Bridges wasn't with the team last year. Miles has returned. PJ Washington was with the team. PJ wasn't there. PJ has signs. Kai Jones is like losing his shit all over the place on social media. He probably isn't going to be with the team. He probably will be let go. The starting center, for all intents and purposes, that what we know right now will be Mark Williams. Now, we need to see how this shapes out in the preseason and once they get their run on, but Mark Williams has been named as the starter for the Charlotte Hornets. LaMelo Ball works really well with a strong pick and roll combination. And Mark also shows out as an excellent defender. Now, currently he's going anywhere in the 8th to 11th rounds. This is a guy who could return you top six rounds in value. About the sixth round, he could probably get you back. If you're punting free throw percentage, again, it escalates. He gets you field goal percentage. He gets you rebounds. And he gets you blocks in leagues that... Look, he gets you blocks. He's not like one an elite shot blocker, but he gets you those important big man stats that you need, especially if you're hunting for them late in the draft. So he can be a target for you in rounds eight, nine, and 10. And there is a tension on him. He is something you're going to hear on my podcast right now. You're hearing on this with our Insight NBA podcasters. I'll talk about it. Matrix will talk about it. Horsey will talk about it. We do like what he can offer. And you're going to hear this from a range of analysts and sources all across the social media and podcast landscape. It's for a good reason. He does have the opportunity to be an absolute 100%. He is a draftable player. Like if you were in a league and Mark Williams is not drafting, you probably shouldn't be playing fantasy basketball because he is an absolute draftable player. Where he goes, as you can see, is going from 90 to 135. Now, again, this is a guy that he falls to 110, 115, 120. You should be scratching your head going like, why am I not, why is no one doing this? And you just grab him. You grab him with your next pick. And if they do something weird in Charlotte, which is possible, unlikely probably this year with them putting it back together and trying to show out under new ownership, 
Well, then you lop it. You let him go. But you're not going to want to let it go, a guy like Mark Williams. If you can be picking him up, God knows, in the ninth round, this is a guy who will exceed his ADP at the end of the day. And he is one of the guys in that next wave of guys you want to be grabbing to help solidify your stats, especially if you are looking to a very punt-heavy build, a field goal percentage and rebounds, especially early on. If you can get those stats early on, again, like maybe a Walker Kessler in that first wave of second-year studs, and Giannis, this is a guy you can draft in late and feed your other cats in the middle. So again, you don't have to punt those things every single round. And I think that's lost in a lot of punt builds. Like you, every single round, you shouldn't be trying to punt free throw percentage. You shouldn't be trying to get blocks every single round. You get the best of what you can early on. You build a really strong foundational base of those guys. And then you can feed your other, you can feed points, you can feed threes, you can feed steals because you do not want to ignore any category. Again, there's nine. And to win a week, you need to win five to four. If you're in a nine cat, if you're in a four cat and you've got to just total your wins, you just want to be winning as many categories as possible. So you want to feed every single category. So even depending on your varied opponents over the course of the season, you give yourself a chance to get more done. Just like if you're the Sacramento Kings, you want to give more of a chance this year to a guy like Keegan Murray. He's in our next phase of next wave, guys. He's our next player in the next wave because Mike Brown has already said that he wants to give more of the offense to Keegan in his second season and see what he can return. Can we all remember Summer League MVP, Keegan Murray, from last season in his rookie year? He was an absolute force in that season. And it never, like, the Kings were much improved. So they didn't have to rely on this rookie guy coming in and scoring like 25 points a game, 30 points a game. They played solid consistent basketball and one of the best teams in the Western Conference, nay, the NBA. The beam was lit many, many times in the NBA landscape last season because of guys in the team playing their role. Now, Kevin Herter is still around. It's going to be like, it's unselfish basketball there almost by design in Sacramento. De'Aaron Fox can be a bit heliocentric basketball at the end of a shot clock and make his way to the free throw line because apparently the NBA just loves to blow the whistle for him as much as possible when he goes into the key. But a lot of it is moving the ball. And Keegan Murray in this system is an absolute weapon. So there's those veterans around him like Kevin Herter and Harrison Barnes. But as they get older, you can see a regression from guys like that. And you can see an improvement in guys like Keegan Murray. Now, if Keegan Murray does come back and does step up into that role in this next wave, his current, and this is, he's got, he's, he's currently starting to trend up in mock drafts. People are looking at the roadmap ahead of him in Sacramento. This is me like, oh, Keegan. I mean, I did it in a draft the other day. I was like, well, do I take Keegan Murray about now? Like, am I, like, do I just not like, is there nothing that I like about Keegan Murray? I'm like, actually, no, I don't hate anything about Keegan Murray. I like what he can bring to a fantasy team if he can do some more defensive work, especially. But he does chip in across the board. But again, his strengths haven't really come throughout. He finished the season last year as the 149th player, 134th player, and 149th over the last month. He wasn't as efficient down the stretch as we would have liked from Keegan, but it doesn't make him in a 12. That's that's draftable at the last round of a 12-team league, or it at least makes him a waiver target at times in 12-team format. It is an absolute must-roster guy, probably in the 12th, like in the 13th round in a 14-man league. Keegan Murray in a 20-team league is absolutely being snapped up. Like if you're in a 20-teamer, if you're that deep or in a deep competitive league, this is a guy who you will be able to pick up over time off the waiver wire, you come in, you use it, you stream him, you get him in your team. Definitely in that next wave, 
is Keegan Murray. The last phase of this pod is about the flyers. Who are the flyers in this podcast? Who are the guys you can listen to and be like, Matty, I want some guys I can really get late, like some upside guys. Jalen Duran's teammate, Jaden Ivey, is, is a guy you can get late. Like he's going outside the 10th round, 11th round. Currently, this is his ADPs on ESPN is 127, 130 on Yahoo, and 119 on Fantrax. Now, at the end of the season last year, he finished at 196, and the last 30 days, he was 130. The thing with that, though, with Jaden Ivey, is he had to wear a lot of offensive burden and a lot of offensive pressure last season for the Detroit Pistons. Like, they were not a very, very good basketball team, and he wasn't very, very good. Like, he was getting four turnovers a game, and that absolutely killed his value. Like, that was like, if you look at like hashtag basketball and where people and good guys are good, he was not very good. It's like, I don't want to take him anywhere near a bullfight because he saw so much red there. The guy could get run through by a set of horns. Like, honestly, was not very good by our old mate, Jaden Ivey. But off the ball, like, this guy has absolute potential. He has a running mate now in Cade Cunningham, and he can play very much a shooting guard role. He can play as a spot-up threat. He can attack the rim. And at about the 130th pick, like 130th pick right now, at the end of a Yahoo draft, that's quite good. Again, 119 on fan tracks, people are paying attention and picking him up earlier. 127 on ESPN, a bit comparative right there. But this is one in the final rounds that I think if you're looking for points and threes or if you're in desperate need of those, look, if you've got that punt free throw percentage team and you're missing threes and you went too heavy and that early and Jaden Ivey is sitting there at round 11 for you, grab him, DM me, thank me, quote me, at me, be like, hey, G, that was good. He's showing out because he's definitely a draftable guy to build those things. And if you've got a team that's already points and threes, this is a guy who is an absolute cherry on top for points and threes. Doesn't hurt your free throw percentage. Adds to that one. Will not be giving the amount of turnovers that he gave last year because he doesn't need to be running point and have the ball in his hand to have that offensive pressure under Monty Williams. We know the ball is going to flow through Cade Cunningham in this system. Like it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that Cade Cunningham is the best player on this team. If he is in the pick and roll with Jalen Duran, and if he's going to be kicking corners and having guys run off ball screens with like, let's say, Sewer Thompson, like setting an off ball and Ivy's curling around the back, he showed in college that he can do this game. And if they can adapt that under Monty's new system, which is a very offensive friendly system that Monty can run, yet Jaden Ivy in these flyers is an absolute flyer pick because he could very well end up finishing inside the top 110, top 100 even. I'd probably say definitely top 110 at the end of the season. He's definitely going to eclipse the 130. I feel that he finished last se- the last month of last season on, but he's definitely going to eclipse the 196 where he finished last year. So this is a guy you target as a flyer late to add to your points, to add to your threes. He can do a little bit of playmaking, not a lot. He showed that last year. He can get a couple of rebounds here and there. And off the ball, he can put more, he can put more intensity into some defensive pressure and defensive schemes in Detroit, and maybe increases steals a game as well for you there. Much like one, the Sock, Jeremy Sohan. Yeah, Socky uh, finished last season as the 230th best player in San Antonio, 159th in the last 30 days. Now, currently, this guy has slid down in his ADP of the season. So 139 on ESPN, 141 on Yahoo, and 137 on Fantrax. We don't know the role that Jeremy Sohan currently has in the San Antonio Spurs. 
Victor Wembanyama is the guy. Trey Jones is the starting point guard. But there is every chance now Devin Vassell is your power forward. Look, I think this guy really, really shows out and challenges Keldon Johnson for minutes. Like, this is some interesting things from this one. Let's say he met at times he had a sweet spot where he averaged 26 minutes a game. He got 11 points, five rebounds, and almost three assists. He was a versatile wing defender for these guys. And if they really need that to complement Wenbanyama, this is where he starts to be very interesting after missing those 25 games last year to get a real gauge of Sohan's availability. So look, if he's stuck around like the three-point line as a spot-up shooter, like imagine like a Mikhail Bridges kind of guy in the Phoenix system. Mikhail Bridges was just expected to be defensive pressure guy, be a versatile wing, fit, pass the ball to Derek Booker when you needed to, uh, sorry, Devin Booker when you need to, pass it into DeAndre Ayton, kick it back to Chris Paul, shoot spot-up threes in the corner because of the pressure that all your other guys in your team are getting. That's pretty much Jeremy Sohan's role in the San Antonio Spurs. He doesn't need to initiate offense. He can run as a pick-and-roll player. He can run as a three-point threat. So he's going to get you threes. His efficiency won't be great. But if he is stuck in this role as a facilitator, he could be some late-round value for you as a bit of a flyer. We don't know how it works out minutes-wise in San Antonio. But again, this was off 26 minutes. So if he can nudge up to 28 or 30 minutes a night somehow in San Antonio, he absolutely becomes draftable. He is an absolute last round, second last round flyer in 14 formats, maybe not so 12. You could probably take a last cheeky flyer on him in 12 teams. And if you don't like it, drop it. Again, absolute must in a big 20 team league. But Jeremy Sohan in 14 team formats is a roster rule guy. And if you can get him in the 13th round, you're laughing and you can really take some big swings in your 14th round. You might be hesitant in a 12-team format, depending on how many guys, if it's 12 guys on the team or 13. If it's a 13-teamer, you could take him in a 12 in the 12th round with a little bit of upside because that's about the 140th player you're going to be dealing with at the end of the day. And you can always use him, see where it goes, and drop him. Like, just get him out of there at the end of the day. That's fine. Pick up someone who's hot and who's shown already that they're going to have an opportunity that we didn't see coming in the preseason or an early season injury. Very, very easy to do. But the other option around the same marker is this guy. And I'm really starting to lean into Quentin Grimes this season. I might be, I want to be responsible for being the guy who gets Quentin Grimes drafted because currently he's not being drafted in leagues. He in fact is the 140th option in ESPN, 148 in Yahoo, and the 152nd ranked guy in Fantrax. This is a guy who started and profiles as the perfect fit in a New York Knicks team as a three and D guy. He went on an absolute tear down the season last year. I really like what Quentin Grimes can do in the New York Knicks system. He earned his minutes as a starter there. And with Obi Toppin not in the team now, there is a pathway where Quentin Grimes plays even more minutes than last season. And this represents value for you in your team. Looking back over the last 30 days of last season, I want to bring up some, some stats on him because this is where Obi Toppin was unleashed a little bit. He was the 182nd player and everyone like me. I'm high on Obi Toppin over in Indiana and what he can potentially do last season. But because we're looking at what's possible by way of opportunity for Obi in Indiana, I think Quentin Grimes has been overlooked in the last month of the season for what he did in New York. In fact, he was the 81st ranked player, according to Hashtag Basketball last season, playing 31 minutes a night. His field goal percentage was 526, 797. Yep, 797 from the line. Doesn't really hurt you there. 3.5 threes a game in this 3 and D system. 16 points a game. Three rebounds, three assists, 
a steal, and he doesn't even turn it over once a game because he's not initiating offense. He doesn't have to have the ball hand in his hands a lot to be impactful in fantasy. But Quentin was the 81st ranked player in the last month of last season. Now again, yeah, but it's garbage time. People are resting dudes. It's the silly season. Yeah, it is. But he still showed out to be a fit in a New York Knicks team that only re-signed Josh Hart. Like they didn't make a gravity of changes. There was nothing, there was no sufficient big pull like there was last season by being Jalen Brunson in to what Quentin Grimes can do in your team this year. For me, Quentin Grimes is an absolute must roster. And I'm giving and I'm and I'm giving this advice. I'm just freely throwing it out there. And this is one that in my own cash league, I was probably I might get sniper now on Quentin Grimes. I'm gonna be in there swearing my head off at someone. We're going to actually stream the the league that I'm in with a bunch of the inside guys, which is my own personal cash league that I've been running for a decade. Like, I'm probably going to get sniping down Quentin Grimes and be real upset about it. And everyone's not going to be talking about a guy like Quentin Grimes, but we should be talking about Quentin Grimes. He is an absolute rosterable player. And currently, with him sitting around in, in fan tracks at 152, that means he is not going drafted in most 12-team formats. And he absolutely warrants a look, especially as a late round flyer. Someone who's creeping up again in, I mentioned Obi Toppin in the Indiana Pacers. Someone who suffers because of Obi Toppin slightly in the second year studs bracket is Benedict Matherin. Now, currently he is going at 136 on ESPN, 132 in Yahoo and 140 on Fantrax. In the last month of the season, his best performing stretch, generally speaking, you can see that he finishes the 143rd player. Now, this is a guy who's very interested to see what's happening in the Indiana Pacers system. They've brought in Bruce Brown and they've brought in Obi Toppin. But I think they could fade Nemhard a little bit, play him exclusively more as a point guard shooting guard role. I, I, I was going to really move him into a backup point guard role, even though TJ McConnell's there. I see it playing out with, I really see it playing out with Benedict Matherin being not so much as a flyer, but he is definitely a streamable option. Again, looking at his course of the month over last season. And there were some interesting stats with the minutes that he had. He went up to 32 minutes a night, 47% from the field, 83% from three, almost 84% from three. He was getting you 17 points a game, 4.5 rebounds. He didn't really dish the ball much, two, uh, two assists, but not even a steal and not even a block. But his turnovers killed you. Three turnovers of a game, three turnovers a game for Benedict Matherin in the last month of last season, just throwing around willy-nilly, wasn't great. The thing with him, though, he was only getting you a three-year game. So for Benedict Matherin to have an impact as this second-year stud guy, as a late-round flyer, I need to see him not have the ball in his hands enough, uh, a lot, and I need to see him knock down those threes, which will increase his efficiency. Because a lot of his looks were there. He was getting 11 shots a game. Now, I don't expect that to stick around there. It could be nine shots a game. Maybe, but I don't think he's going to have the same volume with this with this new Pacers team. You put in Bruce Brown and you put in Obi Toppin, you put in two guys who are going to see the floor, who are going to get minutes. And I do think that eats into Benedict's, uh, ex-Benedict's ex uh, value a little bit. So I'm very cautious of him as a flyer, but he is definitely someone in 14 team formats that warrants a look and warrants a draftable position at the end. For me, that's an interesting one. One of my other sleeper picks, and I know that uh, our guy, uh, SC underscore brain, Nathan Braino, is uh, going to really like this one. It's Jalen Johnson. Now, Jalen Johnson for me is someone who was in the system last year in Atlanta, who came along under Quinn Snyder and who had an absolute role in a redeveloping Atlanta Hawks team. Now, 
John Collins was an impact on that one. Sadiq Bay in that trade that came over from the Detroit Pistons, he impacted Jalen's growth and development. But John Collins is no longer there. Now, let's just say that currently we're under the assumption that Sadiq is going to play very similar to the Collins role. Anyeka Okongwu is going to stay and play more minutes next to Clint Capella in that center role. And if that's the case, there is every opportunity for Jalen Johnson to return some of those initial flashes that he showed us in the 22-23 season. Now, Jalen profiles very, very well as a floor stretcher. He hit 509% from the four. His free throw percentage, again, is not that great. He was 500 from the floor, 1.8 free throws a game last season. He doesn't stretch it, didn't even hit much of a clip at 0.43s at the end of the season when he was getting a bit of a run. He got eight points, four rebounds, two assists. He got 1.1 steals and 0.9 blocks. So two stocks is where it gets a little bit juicy for him. When he was getting regular minutes, he was a little bit more consistent last year and having more opportunity in the team in the Atlanta Hawks. But again, this is a team that looks very different now by way of that we think it's going to move to the fact that Clint Capella goes off the board. Now, Clint goes off the board. What is the return in that trade? Is it another small forward? Is it another power forward? Is it another shooting guard? Because that's also going to have an impact on Jalen Johnson. He is definitely the guy, though, to watch by way of upside last season because he did have an improved free throw percentage at the beginning of the season. For, for the year, it was 631%. But again, he had a lot of reds going on. Like looking again at his, hash, at his hashtag basketball numbers, 0.43s, 5.6 points, four rebounds, 1.2 assists, 0.5 steals and 0.5 blocks in 15 minutes a night. But where are those minutes going to go now? And more of those minutes from John Collins that have been left over are going to go to Anyeka Okongwu and to Jalen Johnson. And if he can be cobbled together well in this team, Jalen Johnson is absolutely worth a last round flyer. He is someone in your 14-team leagues that if he is still there, you absolutely take. And someone you definitely entertain in your 12-team leagues as well. All for picking up Jalen Johnson as a second-year breakout stud for you in your league this year in NBA Fantasy. Make sure you like and subscribe all of our videos, all of our content. We are almost doing daily across the channel in the lead up to your NBA fantasy season. Make sure you check out my mock drafts. I'm doing Maddie's mocks. I've got a whole bunch of the brilliant team at Insight Podcast Network coming on me, including special guests along the way from outside, just for a bit of fun and to mix it up. We've got some special draft additions coming along as well. A big shout out to our sponsors, Standard Squeeze. Make sure you jump online and use promo code INSIDE15 to get 15% off all of your swag. As I said earlier, fantasy scores, use promo code INSIDE. And a big shout out to our guy, Ryan, at Astute News said, if you're talking about your dream home, if you're talking about being finance here in Australia, reach out to Ryan H at EganWealth.com. He gives confidential advice, obligation-free, to put you in your best financial position. Make sure you take advantage of all those specials. Make sure you get onto the Pod Insight Podcast Network in the next month leading up to the NBA fantasy season. I am at NBA G Wiz. Matty G, take care, everyone.